You're listening to the podcast of Real Life Church. We love, we live, we relate. Holy Spirit, after a a week of exceptionally diverse and powerful download and encounters and ministry and guests of growth and maturity, of building with a family of churches who are connected to glorifying your bride, committed to the Great Commission to go make disciples, not to go make churches, but to go make disciples of all nations. I am so convinced that this is a watershed moment, a watershed week in time. And I ask Holy Spirit to allow us in our imaginations to create a, a monument to this time. That when trials and tribulations and frustrations come in the next couple of weeks or months, we can look back at this time and say, I remember what God did. I am committed to His love for His people, for His community. I remain fixed firm on the foundations of faith that we've sung about and the prophetic words that have come through this morning and over the past couple of weeks. Because I know, I know it in my knower, that there is a shift and a change in the frequencies around us. There's something formulating and happening in the spiritual realm. And I say, Father God, I want to be a part of it. I don't want to miss out on it. I don't necessarily have to lead it. But my goodness, I do not want to miss it. In your awesome and your beautiful name. Amen. Amen and glory. Thank you, friends. Thank you, musos and worship team, which is all of us. And I appreciate that for the folk that are online. Good to see Nolan and Damien online and, um, and a number of the other rest of the family and the international community online. But there was something powerful and presence filled here this morning just looking around and seeing how many people are just like face down at the feet of the cross this morning as God is doing something in us so that he can continue to do do something through us and so it's so so tremendously powerful there but by the grace of God Lord allow us to be good stewards of what it is that you have for us. Even as we were worshipping, I don't know what, what was taking place, but even the, the scripture says that the, the, uh, the, the rocks will cry out. But I don't know what was happening, but suddenly all the antelope and chickens and everything went a little bit like bossies in the, in the background. And, 
and that. So it definitely was something, something happening. Awesome. Robert, do you want to come share your testimony quickly? with you because as a mother I'm rejoicing in the Lord today because I've been praying for my son uh, who had worked for Plascon paint in the lab you can work with medicine with chemicals and paint but when they downsize because of the competition in the paint industry uh, my son took a package that was offered to him uh, two years ago and then from that time he's been applying for jobs because of his field working in the lab it wasn't easy for him to get a job like in, if you're in finance or something and uh, he had this interview I think two months ago and then he went for a second interview and um, on Friday there was a call that he must come on Monday and sign this contract with the company. And the first one, my son, the first person, the son messaged was me. He said, Mom, I thank you for all the prayers. Uh, I'm going to sign the contract with this company on Monday. Awesome. It's such a and I want us all as a church to pray and continue blessing my son with this job. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. There is nothing more. Give him glory. Amen. I'm tempted to say there's nothing more powerful than a praying mom um, and praying ladies. Um, and there are praying men. So that's why I'm saying I'm tempted. Um, but there's nothing more powerful than people who pray. Fantastic. <sighs> so, uh, so in a way, I just feel like I just want to like sit down and, and soak in, in this presence. So it's, it's awesome. But I want to finish this off. I've been doing Ephesians um, 
for about eight weeks now and I haven't finished chapter one. So I want to finish chapter one so that I've got a bit of flexibility if we press pause and come back to it or move into, into chapter two just because of what's gone down in the, in the past couple of days. Um, and so, yeah, so Father, thank you for all that you are doing in us and through us and bless us all and bless Lionel specifically and all those that are sitting around him in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've been sharing on the masterpiece. We are his masterpiece and we are a masterpiece because he is a, a master. And my question that I put to you uh, two weeks ago, because Amy shared last week, was what is the church and what is the purpose of the church? And the, from the very beginning of time, God's plan and his desire was to unite us. And that came through so tangibly and powerfully this morning. Father God wants to unite us to himself and as, as family to be God's desire, God's plan from the very beginning of time was to have divine union with His, with his people. And He doesn't want just divine union with Neville and with, with um, Trevor and, and guys. He, he, he wants divine union with you so He can have divine union with you, but so that through that divine union, everybody will know the love of Father God. And so I get so... Oh, I, I, I get a little bit nervous when people go, it's just all about Jesus and me. No, Jesus and you should have an outlet. Jesus and you should be a witness. The reason why Jesus have div has divine union with you is so that his world and his people and his nation will be able to see the goodness and the glory and the radiance of God. People should look at you and go, I want what you've got. What do you have? How can you be joyful when everybody else is joyful? How can you have a love for our country when everybody else is immigrating? How can you have a, a, a confidence in, in your finances and in your dreams and your plans and your purposes when we are so worried about inflation or what's happening and riots and floods and chaos and viruses and things like that? How can you have hope when everybody else seems hopeless? And so the reason why I have it, let me tell you, of the one who is hope, the one who is peace, the one who is the master of my reserve bank. Let me tell you about the person of Jesus. And when we are able to allow Jesus in our lives to permeate through our lives to be an example and a, a, and a demonstration to people, that is when people see the goodness and the heart of God. The goodness and the heart of God does not come through Bible study it doesn't always even come through church. It comes through a revelation of the person of Jesus. And I would like to suggest sometimes that the revelation of the person of Jesus often manifests far more in the pub, in the restaurants, in the shopping centers, in the wings joined up the road, and so many other places than sometimes happens. And so we can know the heart of God. Ephesians 1 verse 22 and 23. If you have your Bibles on page 624, if you're on your iPads, it's on 67%. God has put all... <laughs> Do you like that one, Lynette? God has put... I love it when I say something funny and people respond. I go, oh, and, and, and then the Robin Williams in me wants like become more comical, but I, but I won't. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made Him head over the... Oh, and has made him head over all things for the better of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fulfills all things 
everywhere with himself. And Amy, Ryan even quoted that scripture on Thursday night. So like I also helped her a little bit as, as did you. Jesus is the head of the body and God said that he placed all things under his feet. Um, sorry. In Colossians 1 verse 19, for God is the fullness. So for, sorry. Colossians 1.19, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. God lives in Christ and Christ lives in moi. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Jesus is the head and we are the body. And friends, if we are an petrified, sinewless, muscleless, weak body, my goodness, where on earth are we going to take this head? But surely if we are plugged into a head that is full of life, that has the mind of Christ, that has everything of Christ flowing through us, we'll become a radiant and glorious body for Him. The church is the body connected to the head. That is what the church is. What is the church? The church is not an organization. The church is not a steeple. The church is not a de demonization and what, everything else. But the church is the body of Christ. Our collective unity is as a bride, not as a name. And the reason why we are this glorious bride is to fully reveal the heart of God. His purpose was to have a body attached to a head, which is Jesus, so that the revelation of Jesus will be forever fulfilled on this planet. That's why we're the body, so that we can forever fulfill and fill Jesus on this planet. That's the heart of Jesus. The heart of Jesus is not outreach. The heart of Jesus is not Bible study. The heart of Jesus is not prophetic ministry. The heart of Jesus is not so many things that we get wrong. The heart of Jesus is to love his community and allow the fullness and the completeness of heaven to manifest through those who t attend church. No, for over everybody. That is why the church exists. That's why you and I exist. That we are the body and we complete the head. And so we are part of the completion of what Jesus is doing on the planet today. A head is not complete and functional without a body. And as I said last week or two weeks ago, for some reason, why God chooses to use people like me remains a mystery. There's a couple of questions that Ali wants to ask Jesus when she gets to heaven, and that's about calories, it's about woman problems, it's about men attitude, and it's about the giraffe. How on earth is a giraffe? How did God think of a giraffe that has to drink like, like that? I just want to know, God, why did you choose to use people like me? Our destiny is to express the kingdom of God in real time, through our lives and our experiences, through our story and through our testimony. That's what we did so well on Thursday night. We demonstrated the gift of hospitality. We demonstrated the gift 
of administration. We demonstrated the joy of worship. We demonstrated the power of inter-church families getting together and loving one another and not coming into competition with one another. One of the spiritual blessings that God has given us is Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.3 How we praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every blessing in heaven and earth. There is a context for this process, if you will, in which all these spiritual blessings become ours. Because we can say that we have all the spiritual blessings in heaven and on earth. We can place everything under our feet because everything is under the feet of Jesus and us and Jesus means we should be able to take everything and place it under our feet and take authority and dominion over everything because that's the mandate and that's authority and that's what we have in Christ when we are positioned in Jesus himself. If you believe the gospel, if you believe who you are in Jesus, there's a sphere of influence that suddenly becomes yours. There's a realm of authority that becomes yours. And my concern is so many people try and operate in a realm of authority, but they don't realize the authority they have. So they operate in a fake, counterfeit non-existent way where we try and say boo to something but in the, in, the, in the reality we have our fingers crossed and hope for the best instead of being able to take the sword of the spirit and be able to forcefully advance because I know whose head is on top of this amazing body and when we get that right we become the most powerful folk on the face of this planet when we believe in the gospel we are marked in him and by him that's when we can submit our story to his story, our body to his head, our way to his way, our time to his time, our agenda to his agenda, our finances to him, our failures to him, our hurts to him, our frustrations to him, our hopes and our dreams. We submit to him in the sphere that all authority in all areas is full and complete in the person of Jesus Christ. We place them under His authority. We place them under His feet. We submit them to Him as part of our spiritual blessings. Every spiritual blessing on heaven and on earth has been given to us. And sometimes we don't understand what that spiritual blessing is. I received a, I love torches, I love gadgets, I love things like that. And a friend of mine, Ivan, dropped off a gift yesterday. And I opened the box and I saw it was a, you'll see it in the kitchen. It's an ultra bright torch that charges on a USB. And it's got no batteries and it's bright and it turns onto one setting and it's powerful. Then it flashes and it's got other little gadgets to it. And it's just like really amazing. And I saw it in the box. I thought, wow, that's going to be amazing. But only when I unpacked it and I, and I took it as mine, I realized that it's got more than that. It's got a little clip on so I can clip it to the car or to the window if, when we go game driving. And it's got other little gadgets and features. And when I took it out and I, and, and I played with it, I became so much more excited about it. And sometimes we go, well, I have a spiritual blessing, 
but what you know and it just becomes lip service it becomes something we place on our on our as a bumper sticker on our car instead of something that becomes ours to own and when i have the authority when i am mature and i take possession of authority i can use it i cannot operate in ina's authority i can't operate in her otherwise i'm going in the power of ina won't you come and do this in the power of in the hospitality of of uh delene and lynette won't you come and and you know make something nice no i operate in who i am and the, every spiritual blessing that has been given to us. Remembering that the reason for our spiritual blessings is not for a transaction, it is for a transformation. The reason why we have the spiritual blessing is, Father God, that you will transform me to become more like Jesus Christ himself. Because the more like I become like Jesus, the more people will look at me and go, I don't see Stuart, I see Jesus. Father, may people not be excited by seeing Stuart, but they be, may they become excited by seeing something of Jesus in me. Therefore, the heart of God is that we have a choice. Do you want to transmit Stuart? Do you want transaction? Or do you want to transmit Jesus Christ and go for transformation? And I want you to suggest that transformation is far more difficult, far more costly, and far more exciting, liberating, and enjoyable than then um, uh, transaction itself. And Paul writes to all those who have submitted themselves to this sphere of supernatural blessing. Paul is writing to all those people who have submitted their lives and everything to those who are willing to operate in this spiritual realm. And he says to those of you who are under the authority and the realm and the revelation and the restoration and the renaissance of Jesus Christ to all of you there is a spiritual blessing that is given to you and in this place you are marked with the spiritual blessing and the seal and the promise of Holy Spirit and even my notes sometimes we go the Holy Spirit father won't you allow the Holy Spirit to to manifest to come whenever we go won't you love the Jesus as if there's like half a dozen you know, a father, won't you have the father? The, won't you have the, it's like, but we, we call Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. It's just a, the person of Holy Spirit. Ho, father God, we just welcome Holy Spirit into our meeting. Holy Spirit, not the Holy Spirit. He's a person. His name is Holy Spirit. The blessing that comes from Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we love you. We don't love the Holy Spirit and then the other one we don't. There is only one. There's only one. Holy Spirit. We love you. We welcome you. All spiritual blessings are available to us, and that includes the person, the power, and the presence of Holy Spirit himself. When we are marked with Holy Spirit as one of our spiritual blessings, and it's sealed by Holy Spirit, it's like getting an engagement ring. I remember my dad had a signet ring from his dad. And in their day and age, lots of the guys had signet rings. If we came from a fancier family, maybe we'd have a, a signet ring. Now in our family, we, 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 we've made the decision that we're going to come up with a family crest. And maybe from our family crest, we'll end up with a signet ring for, for the sons and that who, who follow. But why? And daughters. Yeah, and daughters. Sorry. But why? Because that ring signifies something. That ring is a seal 
it's, you know, and in the old days, you used to like, take your ring and, and seal everything with it. It signifies belonging. It signifies authority. It signifies covenant. When you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, when you have the ring of the Holy Spirit, it, 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 it signalizes, I belong to Holy Spirit. I, be I have his authority. I have his covenant. Whatever he says, I get to operate in. Whatever's his is mine. When I say to people, I, I belong to Holy Spirit, I'm empowered by Holy Spirit, I have authority of Holy Spirit, I'm sealed by that. I carry everything that he has when I'm sealed by Holy Spirit. When you've been sealed by Holy Spirit, you have an your, 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 your internal identity overrides your worldly identity. Now, in the worldly identity, I'm just becoming bigger week by week as I enjoy more biryani and things like that. But in the spiritual identity, I am already a giant of a powerful man. People look to me and go, Stuart, you need to lose weight. I look at them and go, oh my goodness, the man behind me is just so much bigger. I have a spiritual identity. I have a spiritual DNA. And in that spirit, you look like something. Absolutely. In your spirit, your spiritual image, what people see in your spirit is far bigger, more powerful, more radiant, more powerful than what you look on the outside. Your spiritual identity should override everything of your worldly identity because you are a new creature. You have a new DNA. When the angels and the spiritual realm look at you, they don't see Stuart in an ever-increasing belt size. They see Stuart in the same way that Jesus sees him. They see spiritual Stuart. They see supernatural Stuart. They see awesome Stuart. They say, see Stuart, oh my goodness, you are amazing and you rock. When God and Holy Spirit look at Stuart, they see spiritual Stuart, not earthly Stuart. When the devil and the demons look at Stuart, they see spiritual Stuart. They don't see earthly Stuart. You have an identity to the spiritual realm, and your identity is known to them. And when people look at the spiritual Stuart, they go, I know who his daddy is. I know who he belongs to. I know the seal that he carries. I know his authority. I know his anointing. I know who his daddy is. They see my belonging. They see the, they see the seal of the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings that's on me. That is what the devil and the master accuser looks at when he looks at me. And he wants to say to me, who do you think you are? I steal that line from Amy from last week. Who do you think you are? And there is always an attack on your identity. Satan is hell-bent on accusing you. Who do you think you are? I'm not unworthy. I messed up last week. I lost my temper. I lost my tantrum. I, lost, I let my finances get to me. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I had a, a moment of, of weakness. I'm just not worthy. Oh God, if only you knew me. And Father God say, actually my boy, I do know you and Satan's hell-bent on accusing you of not being the things that he knows that you actually are because when Satan looks at you he sees the spirit man or woman he sees the spirit person and it's more important to him to try and crush that than anything else that he can do but we carry the seal of Holy Spirit and so we get to stand in every place of deficit, in every place of brokenness, in every place of pain and lack. Because in those places, there is an invitation of God, not an accusation of the enemy. 
And as soon as, Holy, as, as soon as Satan can take your eyes off your spiritual identity and focus them on your worldly identity, you allow your hurts, your deficits, your lack, your pain to become a, a, an area where, 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 where Satan come and accuse you. You're not really powerful. You don't have everything under your feet. You're not really the mighty man that you think you are. You're just being a little bit arrogant. You're just being a little bit full of yourself. If people only knew you, and in all those areas, it's just say, actually, I was going to say Sunday, I don't know whether it's like Sunday words appropriate. Get lost. I know who I am. And in all those areas where you're accusing me, I'm saying, I know who I am. All things are under his feet. Because my identity and my spiritual man is in the person of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, by loving Father. That's who I am. So you can go to hell. I know who my daddy is. The spiritual blessing of adoption is mine. I am a son of the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. You are a daughter of the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. You are forgiven and not forgotten. You are adopted into a family, not into a movement, a denomination, a church, a household. You are adopted into a family. You carry the seal and identity of that family. You have redemption on your side. These are some of the spiritual blessings that are, to, are, are ours. That is how the Master has created His masterpiece. These are the tools that Holy Spirit gives us. I know the places of deficit in me don't look like Jesus, but there are places where an invitation to Holy Spirit because He is going to do something about them. And if the enemy can get me to hide in my shame, as soon as the enemy can get me to start to cower, as soon as the enemy can start to make me feel less worthy or guilty or ashamed, if he can make me feel like I'm an imposter and I'm unworthy, where I've got to try harder, where I've got to cover up, where I've got to hide my shame in fig leaves, etc. It'll prevent me from stepping into the place of invitation. I can't step into the place of invitation for God to change me and transform me, to heal me and restore me if I'm believing the lie that I'm not worthy of having that, that I don't have every spiritual blessing, that God is not going to do that work in me. But the very things that so often we feel ashamed of or afraid of or fearful of, but the very things that so often we are just longing for or desperate for are the areas where Holy Spirit is saying, that is an invitation to me. It is the Holy Spirit's job to impart the spiritual blessings to us so that we can be transformed into His image and become victorious rather than covering up. Often we think that it is just in death. In death I will have everything. One day when I die, I will leave all this behind and go and be with Jesus. But the reality is we call to have everything here on earth. It's ours for now. I don't wait for heaven to be healed. I don't wait for heaven to be happy. I don't wait for heaven to be joyful. I don't wait for heaven to be fulfilled. I make my lack an opportunity for invitation and transformation 
so that every day I become more and more like Jesus. Because everything is under His feet here and now. It's not one day in the foreseeable never, never land that you'll hope and let it crawl into something that you hope may be worthy and glorious. Everything is under His feet and therefore your feet here and now. So every moment of every day we can say where there's lack, Father God, I have every spiritual blessing. I choose this morning to make this an invitation to Holy Spirit to come and to transform me, to become more like Jesus. And I'll do the same prayer pray tomorrow and the day after and the day after and the day after. When you feel rejection, He gives you an invitation to adoption. When you grapple with depression, He gives you a demonstration of joy. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit, singular, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, perseverance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And small things. If we start to say it's the fruits, it's like the fruit bowl in the, in, in the dining room. It's like, well, I will go and... Uh, Today I'll have an apple. Tomorrow I'll have grapefruit. The next day I'll feel like a few strawberries. You know, and I'm not going to have gentleness today because today I know what's ahead of me. So I, I don't want gentleness because I want to go and have that meeting. You know what I mean? And I don't want to be gentleness in this confrontation, in this meeting. So today I'm just going to pray for, 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 for perseverance. But tomorrow I'll pray for joy. Sunday mornings is always good for gentleness and self-control. You know, and we go, well, you know, it becomes a smorgasbord. Well, what fruit do I feel like today? No, we have it all. They're all intertwined into one. I have it all. And the fullness and the completion of all the fruit of Holy Spirit is mine. When we understand who we are. As the body, if we connect to the head, love is possible. Joy is possible. Peace is possible. Perseverance is possible goodness is possible faithfulness is gentleness is self-control is we're getting it so we're in the business of so so when we're in the business of pottering around with 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 accusations of the enemy then god is like dude don't toy with this don't start to dabble in this it's, it's okay if i'm just happy most days of the week it's okay if I just have enough to get by. It's okay if I just don't lose my temper, but I'm not joyful. I used to lose my temper. Now I'm kind of like hitting pH 7. Trev, pH 7. You know, I'm, I'm kind of okay. But Trevor's encouraged me this morning. Even my pH must go into like high numbers for my, wa for, for my water. So, you know, it's like, God, I don't want to just go from being... being um, uh, having anger issues to being okay. I want to be joyful. And so as soon as I start to dabble with being okay in, in, in things, Father God through Holy Spirit said, actually no, I gave you Holy Spirit for a reason. He is in you from the moment you submitted and gave your life to Jesus. And because Holy Spirit is in you, and because Jesus is in you, I want you to say to you, stew my brew, all things are possible. Not because Holy Spirit does the work, but because He does the work in you. Yes. And therefore, there's a partnership. Ash mentioned that so beautifully in the prayer meeting this morning. 
The Holy Spirit is the executor of God's will. The Holy Spirit is the advocate for us. But the Holy Spirit does this in union with you. I got this impression of like a tug of war, you know, and, and sometimes we at tug of war and we've got Holy Spirit on one side and us on the other side. And it's like your will, my will, your will, my will. You, you are an amazing son. I'm not quite an amazing son. And we've got two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, three steps back. You know, and then Satan comes and says, Stu, I agree with you. You're not quite worthy. I'm going to join your side. You're not quite amazing. I go, oh, like we, you know, it's like actually we and Holy Spirit. It's like, you know, we just like keep walking. You know, we just go on and on and on and on and on and on. Because Father God through Holy Spirit is creating in us a masterpiece. Because he is the ultimate master. And in this masterpiece, God wants to create and restore and reveal himself to all those around us. I don't think anyone could have come into Thursday night or some of the times that we've had over this past week and not felt loved and appreciated and seen something of the radiant glory of family and what the bride of Christ is. I love the fact that Ryan said to me yesterday or last night, I can't remember, you didn't seem to do anything on Thursday night. I'm going, fabulous. That's where it should be. You know, it's like it wasn't me. It was family. And it wasn't just real life. It was family with Hope Bridge and Lifehouse and, you know, so many others. And some of them are just like friends, like Kion. Thank you, Lord. Just bless him abundantly. Just like pulls in and rocks in to come and Kion, to come and, and help out and, and do things. And people go, but Stu, like, what did you do? Okay. I showed up. I enjoyed. I had a party. I had a blast. I enjoyed myself. I felt gloriously refreshed and inspired. That's what I did. Fantastic. More of them. Here's a spirit of wisdom and counsel. If you're at a loss in your life and need wisdom and counsel, that's an invitation for Holy Spirit to step in. He is the spirit of power to accomplish things and to give us power. In the upper room at Jesus' last meal with his disciples, he said, Do not leave this room. How often do we hear God say, Do not leave your bedroom. Do not leave your office. Do not leave here this morning. Do not get out of the bath, maybe, until you have received the promise of Holy Spirit to therefore go and do extraordinary things. All things are possible to those who are empowered on high to accomplish all that Father God has called us to do. And sometimes we just get out of bath, into the car and go off. We have Holy Spirit in us, always. He never leaves us, He never forsakes us. But do we put Him back to the spare wheel or do we allow him to be the steering wheel? Holy Spirit, you and I this morning, we can do great and glorious things. Holy Spirit, the spiritual blessing that I have, what's our plans for today? Holy Spirit is power. When you feel yourself weak, you feel that you may be riddled with fear, you feel that you cannot step outside of the bondages of brokenness, 
pain and isolation. It's a simple act of inviting Holy Spirit and the blessings that are there and are ours. The blessings aren't there for us to receive. The blessings we have already received, we've just got to utilize them. And the Holy Spirit's response says, Stu, my brew, let's do it. Let's nail this thing. Let's conquer this thing. Ashley reminded us in the prayer meeting this morning that everything happens in partnership with God. We have all the tools in our hand. We have all the blessings we need for us, for our family, and for our city. The reality is, friends, sometimes Trevor's blessing is in my hand. Sometimes it's me there to contend for him. Sometimes it's up to Lynette to contend for me. Sometimes I send messages out and say, hey guys, I need a bit of support. I know today I feel glorious. Thursday morning before I start getting ready for court, I know I'm going to feel like thousands of butterflies in my stomach. So my desire is that the rest of us appreciate this. You take the sword of the Spirit and you just say, not necessarily butterflies be gone, but butterflies fly in formation. Now, my, my, my disappointment is when people say, I'm in a good place, I don't need church. Well, some of us might not be in a good place, so we need you. And when you're not in a good place, you need us. And Holy Spirit is at work in us and through us so that we become the spiritual blessing for ourselves, for the community, for our family, and for our nation. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. When we are in mourning, and grieving, when we feel overwhelmed and desperate, when we feel isolated or lonely, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. And the Holy Spirit is saying, I put everything under your feet. Come into my realm. Come into my reality. Let me remind you who's your daddy. The enemy is focused on teaching you how to cope with your pain and your frustrations and your sufferings. Because when we cope with those things, we, 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 we kind of learn to tolerate them. I, I, I'm okay to cope with them, but as soon as I become okay with coping with them, I no longer have an expectation for victory and for breakthrough and for 100%. So the accusate, the accu, accu, the, that's the one, the accuser, doesn't have to say you are totally useless. He just has to make you feel a little bit useless. So he just needs to make you feel a little bit anxious, a little bit depressed, a little bit overwhelmed, a little bit lonely, a little bit like you're not enough. And they go, that's fine. I'm okay with a little bit. And then we stay in that place. But friends, I'm not good with a little bit. I want all the victory, the joy, the blessings, the patience, the kindness, the self-control. I want the full fat of everything. You know, uh, uh, you know like, mm. someone told me during the course of the week that they were told to be, you know, cut out and say red meat and, you know, have something, you know, not, not, not have red meat for everything. So they say something on the line, so that's okay, I'll have the fat on the meat as well. Like, you know, I, I just want it all. And the spirit of peace, sorry? Absolutely. That's why I say grace. Um, no, sometimes my saying grace is just a cop-out because I'm not disciplined to like say no to the things I shouldn't be eating. And the spirit of peace, Aline mentioned this in the, in the prayer meeting this morning. 
every place within you that is not at peace is still under is still not under the feet and authority of Jesus. The beautiful work of following Jesus is summed up in three easy steps. How do we follow Jesus? How do we grow in Jesus? How do we become more like Jesus? Three easy steps. The strap line, the takeaway. What, what's it called when they take like 30 seconds out of an interview? For the highlights. No, it's, there's another word for it. If, if someone does an interview and they just want like a bite, a bite. Snippers, a sound bite. The sound bite for this morning. How do we follow Jesus? How do we grow in Jesus? How do we become more like Jesus? If that's all you remember this morning, how do we follow Jesus? How do we grow in Jesus? How do we become more like Jesus? How do we follow Jesus? How do we grow in Jesus? How do we become more like Jesus? How do we follow Jesus? How do we? How do we? First one. Second. Become. Amen. We could have done that in less than five minutes. When we submit every area to Him, knowing that every spiritual blessing has been given to us. In Jesus' name, may we follow Jesus, grow like Jesus, and become more like Jesus. In His awesome name, Amen. And Gloria. Thank you for listening. 